Welcome to the Cave of Solitude, your pop culture and comic book podcast coming to you from the mega city metropolis of Toronto. I'm your host, Eric Anthony, and this is episode 275, Top 5 Most Wanted Marvel Omnibus. Check one, two. Can you hear me? Dave Molyneux from England. I was going to start doing some Rage Against Machine lyrics there. And I was <laughs> yeah, do it. <laughs> Mic check. I can't. I literally forgot on everything. I normally throw Beastie Boys lyrics at my kids. Oh, really? They, just, they love it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Oh, man. How you been? All right. Yeah. Not bad. <laughs> Obviously. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned it to me, but... As we begin our new episode for our countdown, uh, we always got to start with the with the niceties or what's the word the the greetings. Yeah, <laughs> technically it's an unpleasant tree. I've got it. That's that, that. That's I, that's they right. They offered it to me. What's that? They said like, do you want to see it? And I went like, yeah. So they took. They showed me my tooth after they took it out, and it's in a bad way, man. It's it's bad. And and I looked at it and went, that is grim. And they went, do you want to take it home? I went, like, yeah. So they gave me this little bag with the um, fairy on it. They can't. We can't. The people. I should hold on. Let me take a picture of it, and I'm going to use it as the episode. So take it. So take a shot of it, because like the back of it's even better. Yeah. It says, put this under your pillow and see what the fairies bring. <laughs> oh, that's so good. If you see that, they'll throw up. Right. I'll just be fairy sick all over my pillow. Uh, again my um as i mentioned to you before i don't know if we i've ever mentioned it on the show with daph but she works in the dental field in her day job and when i got my wisdom teeth out she actually asked the surgeon if she could stay and watch really she's like can i can i come in and watch and he's like no family can't come she's like no no i'm observing i'm just i I enjoy it like this is what i do for work i just want to see it and he's like no She's like, all right, because she had, my wife had, I don't know why I'm talking about this on, this is our top five most wanted omnibus. Stay tuned as we talk about teeth being extracted first, and then we'll get to what you came for. My, when my wife got her t- tooth extracted from the dentist that she works for, for many, many years, uh, they let me sit there. I was like, you could sit like with us. And I said, okay, like why not? I'll have a book and I'm reading and then I'm seeing him get clamps out. And then there was a moment where he's like shaking his hand because he's like, it was sore. And I said, well, what, what's happening here? And so I'm watching and what they actually have to do to get the tooth out because it was a deep rooted tooth. Like they were really reefing on it, struggling. I said, I'm going to go to the bookstore. You let me know when you're done. I'll be here to help you when you're drugged up, but I, I'm not sitting to watch this. No, it's sadistic. Yeah, right? That's, that's the, they had to give me tons of injections because I got a little infection as well, so they had to give me tons of injections because I can take quite a lot. Uh, I, think I had a gastroscopy years ago and I stick with the tube down your throat and they gave me sedation and I don't remember any of this, but apparently I fought them. I think I thought I was Weapon X. <laughs> I'm not a fighter, but I thought there was some, there was there was some experiment going on. Why would, I wouldn't fight them off though if I was going to have adamantium. Would you deal with the pain? Like, come on, <laughs> come on, bring it on. I'm waiting up my life for this. Yeah. 
is that the um, the the one mutant? Now he's it's not a mutant power; it's just like a upgrade. But was that a thing? Like it, to have adamantium skeleton yeah. number one before like spider powers? Yeah, as a uh, yeah, I just I really admired the whole thing. I think like especially if you're a weedy kid because I, I was ten stone forever. You know, I couldn't put weight on. Now I can't keep it on. But um, yeah, I was t- I was ten stone for ages, and, and like I wasn't picked on necessarily. But you always had this thing of like when you got long hair, you get shouted at, and um, I, you know, I was wearing makeup and you know, I was kind of gothy. <laughs> And I was getting abused constantly. And I thought, like, if something happens, I can do nothing. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> I right. I just have to be particularly vicious. But wouldn't it be great to just <laughs> pop an applause? Yeah. Like, boom, it's over. It's over. Yeah. It's over whatever happens next. You so, got to you gotta tell me, what, what is 10 stone in pounds? Oh, God. I don't know. Um, how many pounds in a stone? 14? I have no idea. I don't know. Ten stone. That's I know. I when you said it, I knew you were referring to weight. And in England, it's kilograms, right? You guys weigh by kilogram. Apart from ourselves, we weigh ourselves in stone and pounds. Stone and oh, okay. Stone. Ten stone. Yeah. Wonder what that is. So it's fourteen pounds a stone. So that'd be one hundred and forty pounds. One hundred and forty pounds. That sounds light. That is light. I was skinny. Yeah. Ten stone is light. Yeah. If you're no. saying that you could get thrown around and you needed some adamantium to weigh you down. <laughs> that would definitely weigh me down, but it would probably just slow me down. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. Plus it would make those teeth really hard to get out. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't have to get them out. I wouldn't have to get them out. That's true. That's right. the thing this morning. Like, I literally just felt like I've been hit in the face. So if I sound a bit... Uh, yeah. Uh. I've, I've, I literally... I was fine yesterday and I woke up this morning... Feeling like I told a joke about Will Smith's wife. Oh. <laughs> but it's fine. Oh, man. That is all we're talking about in North America. And it's yeah. funny that you guys are, you know. It's everywhere. I, There's plenty of crazy stuff going on in the game. Yeah. Yeah. It's very strange how a news item like that becomes world news more than what is real, what really matters. Yeah. But um, not to go down the rabbit hole because I've talked about it ad nauseum here to the point – like I don't even care. I don't care about them. But what it did teach me was that the celebrity that I detest the most are actors. Out of all yeah. of the celebrity groups, there's musicians and songwriters and you got artists and, and – um, whatever else people become famous for basketball or sports, soccer players, yeah. you know, that type of celebrity actors are probably the ones that irritate me the most at this point Have you in seen time. Team America? No. In team, team America says by the guys that did South Park. Right. They, they rip it out of actors for kind of this reason that kind of self-important pseudo activist you know, the world revolves around them. That's that's the they thing. Rip it out of them, and it's so the thing is, I don't think that film will be showing much now because of cancel culture. But I didn't want to watch it because I thought I don't want to watch a film with puppets being funny. It's not going to be funny. Hmm. Um, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I, my band did it. Covered a song from it. Well, covered two songs from it. Um, I loved it. Yeah, but yeah. If you're in that kind of mindset, watch Team America. It's 
Yes, I probably like. I listened to um, a podcast this morning on the way to work that uh, it was called "The Roast of Will Smith," but it's from Andrew Schultz, his podcast with his. Uh, the, it's called "The Flagrant Two. So it's um, it's a group of comedians who go on every week and just you know talk about what's going on, but they're funny about it and irreverent and completely inappropriate, which I love <laughs> because they say the things everyone's scared to say. Yeah, and. Um, just in the intro to it, he went in hard. Like, oh, even his friends were like, whoa, like too really? much. Yeah, it was great. I'm going to have to listen to this. I loved it. For my own personal amusement. Yeah, it was so good. But uh, yeah, everything that you just said, right? The self-important pseudo-activist, it's... Uh, Delusional. Yeah. So that people are brought up in this very strange, skewed reality. Um, it's weird. And, and this is the thing that occurred to me. I was listening to a psych, I don't know, psychologist, psychiatrist, a professor of psychology. Um, he was talking about just the narcissism. I promise we're going to talk about comics and omnibus <laughs> in like three minutes. This is we what will. we do. We're friends. Totally. This is friends at the pub having a drink, bullshitting with each other. We'll get there. Stick with us. It's <laughs> lager, fun. please. Yeah. Point the lager. Thank you. Um, he brought up an, uh, when he was talking about it, it just occurred to me like what they're oftentimes famous for really is being the best liar. Yeah. Right. And I know that, that there's a lot of talent that goes into acting and delivering lines and there's a total art to it. But I think, it, I think the term hypocrite comes from some sort of Latin form of actor. Really? Where they had to wear masks, right? So they were hiding. They were not who they really were. I, I could I be wrong. I know that. And I, I, did, I studied classics. Oh. Uh, I should know this kind of, I don't, I can't remember, I was hammered through college. <laughs> <laughs> and, and to be fair, I could be wrong because the last conversation we had, we were talking about sequels and I was totally wrong that Rocky was the first sequel. Like, as soon as I looked it up, I'm like, you idiot. Like, The Godfather <laughs> too, And and all, like, anyways, I was wrong about what the first sequel was. So I could be wrong about this fact. <laughs> no, I like it, John. We should state everything as facts on here and then just, you know, whoever hears it and goes, oh, that's an interesting, just let it become real. See, yeah, see if it, it's see if it, around. yeah, yeah, yeah. See if we get the a parasitic facts that start coming, spreading. <laughs> Brad Pitt invented the saxophone total fact and George Clooney the air guitar yeah he did still being used today so he's very successful there you go (laughs) oh man so this this episode that you had the cool idea of coming up with um, it's it's a wish list episode for those listening these aren't this isn't uh, time to suit up because there aren't going to be any announcements being made here. This is a wish list that we want. So, and, and as we speak, I can imagine that uh, some of the things that are on this list are going to be announced. Because yeah. that's just how it's happening. Fingers crossed. Yeah. And it just Admittedly, feels like of, everything gets printed. It does. I mean, the things have been some things that may 
my God, my list is massive. So oh, that's with great. It down to five oh. is tough. But there was some stuff in there I thought, that's just never going to happen because the run's too short or it's too obscure or who knows. But there's some things I think they might not happen. But yeah, I've tried to kind of go for stuff that I'm surprised they haven't done. Okay, that's good. Because there's lots of criteria. That's what I uh, I was interested in hearing because you you're very very well read in Marvel. I mean, it, I know that, but then I realize like no no no. When you go on his website, he's read a lot of of everything, which is cool, which is good. And and for a list like this, there's a lot of stuff. For I'm looking at my shelf, I'm like, well that that is an omnibus if you want it. And, no, that's that's been done. That's been done. I was having a little bit of a hard time trying to think of what they haven't done. Where it becomes like, should I just yeah. list this because it, it's not hasn't happened yet? Like, is you know? Well, one of the things about this year, I think, like if we'd done this list a couple of months ago, it'd probably be really different. But you've got things like Spider Man twenty ninety nine coming out. Yeah. Um, Black Panther by Christopher Priest is coming out. Those would have made the list. Um, yeah. Yeah, easily. But so, I mean, there is an odd mix of stuff they've got coming out, but I mean, that's just two. I mean, I'm surprised we got a Thunderbolts one. Yeah. And that's brilliant. I was made up and I'm desperate for volume two. Well, yeah, like Um, Thunderbolts, New Warriors. um, There's a bunch of those things that, like you said, Spider Man 2099. It's like, wow, that's cool. Like, good, good on them. Because it was hard to get collected editions of the stuff. In a lot of ways. Yeah, they've still never finished it Yeah, with the collected editions. But then you've also got things coming up like Knights of, of Pendragon, which is a Marvel UK series. Um, I would, I mean, I wouldn't buy it. I'd be more intrigued to read the first half than the, than the second because there were two volumes to it. Right. Um, but the volume two is, is truly awful. Um, but volume one kind of intrigues me. But you know, the first series, I think it's like 18 issues. Um, but they're collecting that. Like if they can do that... They could probably do anything. Yeah, exactly. And so I was just thinking of some of the stuff that do I pick it because I just want it for me? Do I pick it because they should like it, that logic versus my own thing that I did last time with the cosmic? Like I wish I didn't pick Kree Scroll War. I'm like, why'd you pick that? You don't <laughs> stupid trying to no. represent. Pick what you like. Well, there's no harm in that. I know. Admittedly, I've been mostly selfish. Yeah, yeah, that's what it should be. I, I, I'm. Yeah. This is gonna be. I'm gonna try to make this a selfish one. Good. It's gonna be fun. Be selfish. Let's be selfish. Okay. As usual, I was gonna. I was gonna go first this time because I wanted to oh, like snub you, but I want you to go first. No, I. Well, are you sure? You and I, I, I always go first. You go first. Okay. I know that they're releasing – I got buildup for all my all my picks. <laughs> I know that they're releasing um, these omnibus. It's been announced that there's – you know, volume one of this series is coming, which is great. And I'm, I'm excited for all the people who wanted it and it's finally – it's a title that is of a mainstream character, Spectacular Spider-Man, Barry the Lead. Um, is that the right way to say it? I don't think that's the right way to say it. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, I'll give it away. I just went with it. I'll give it away. Yeah, it makes me sound smart. I'll give it away. It's Spectacular (laughs) Spider-Man, but I know they're doing them in in volumes, but I feel that they need to make one with a large portion of these issues collected and put it in a um, Roger Stern-esque 
Omnibus. It should be uh-huh. Spider-Man by J.M. DeMatteis. Yeah. And it, they don't say, oh, it's coming because it's going to be in the spectacular. No, screw it. No one, like, Jerry Conway stuff is good. For the most part, spectacular Spider-Man is hit or miss. Even yeah. for Spider-Man fans. We like it because it's Spider-Man. Yeah. Right? Don't get me wrong. You got Roger Stern stuff was strong. Jerry Conway's was, was a good comeback. It was a good series. But J.M. DeMatteis' stuff on Spider-Man needs to get a lot more praise. I know Craven's Last Hunt is often listed as number one, which is, you know, deserved for, for many reasons. It was a really good masterwork of the character. But if you collect the J.M. DeMatteis... Start with Craven's Last Hunt, that was that ran through all three titles at the time. You get six issues there, and I think he did two years worth of Spectacular Spider-Man with some of the best Spider-Man stories of that I've read. Because he stayed on as well. Like I, I mean, if they did do that, I was thinking about this funnily enough the other day about what they'd include in it. Um, so of course he was on for a chunk of the Clone Saga. So they probably had to leave that out, but there are some bits they could include, like. Um, Spider-Man Redemption miniseries yeah. and uh, with, with with Kane and Ben Riley, but um, oh yeah, Lost Years, um, yeah, there's there's plenty of stuff they could do. I'd I'd go for it, but I, I wouldn't want to. It's like you say, I wouldn't want to buy volumes one to four of Spectacular Omnibus just to get the volume five that I want. That's why I don't really like the numbering. I kind of wish they'd lose the numbering. I do too because it, it taps into our OCD. Yeah. Like I want yeah. that, but I don't want I don't want number 4 and then know that there's three volumes ahead of it that I don't care for. Yeah. Truly. Yeah, I know it's a good way to sell it. But it's like with the Excalibur one, I really wanted volume 2. I didn't really want volume 1 and I passed on it. Right. You know, cuz I wanted the, the the Alan Davis run. But um now I kind of now I'm hoping they release volume 1 again. Yeah, because I passed on it. So like, I need, I can't have a volume two. So like, well, yeah, with with Dimitri, I, I don't know. I, I think it'd be nice to have it as just him and really credit him. Yeah, for what he did. No, I, and I think he, he his work deserves that. It, just the same way Roger Stearns does, because you've got a Michelini and McFarlane, Michelini and McFarlane omnibus Kyle that Larson. right, and uh, yeah, you got the Larson. Right? Yeah, they keep you focusing on those eras. They're not. They're not branching out either side. Spider Man. The Spider Man collection has been very kind of nineties heavy, and then there's this, like in terms of Omnis, and then of course you've got the the sixties stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's Untold Tales of Spider Man, which they collected, and they're I think they're re-releasing that. Yeah, they re released it. Yeah. Um, and then there's the Stern stuff, mm-hmm. and then it just keeps going. McFarlane, 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 Larson, McFarlane. <laughs> Like, so we're going to release it again. I mean, there's quite a lot out there. Any chance we can have the following? You know? Yeah, yeah, list. yes. And I found that to happen. JMS as well. But. Yeah, they've, they've, uh, re- they're re-releasing those ones, right? They are, yeah. And that's another one where I love the first half. Yeah. And knowing that there's a second half with a number two on it, I'm like, I'm supposed to, I have to just so it's not lonely. But I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want that half. I have all five of the run. Um, I got the fifth one. That's that you know Adam Chapman hooked me up with a copy of it, which is real cool. But yeah. I'm just like, 
I, I reread it just before the latest Spider-Man movie came out. And once I got to the fourth volume, I'm like, ah, no. Oh, was that the, the Ultimate Collection, the paperback collection? Yeah, the paperback right. collection. Once you get into the later stuff where I just felt like a, it was a completely different book. Yeah. I think, yeah, as much as I like Mike Teodato, Teodato, um, I didn't think he was the right artist for that series. And it changed the whole feel. It did. Totally. So, but I mean, that's one of the th- weird things about, you know, if you get a good writer though, and, and the artwork isn't necessarily right, you can still forgive it. So like with the Demetrius era, a lot of that stuff in that, I can't remember when he started, but it went up to 200 for that really strong era. And it had Sal Bosma on it. And I, I didn't, I don't like Sal Bosma's art at all. I know he's like a classic artist, but I just don't, it's just one of those artists that's never gelled with me. Um, there's no malice in it. Yeah. Just not a fan. But I'd still read that because yeah. the art, the, the, the writing is so good. Yeah. And and the one thing I will credit J.M. DeMatteis for is that he, he really works to the artist's strengths a lot of the time, which I admire because it's a, it's always like a good relationship that he seems to carry with them. So even when he worked with, um, on his indie stuff, whether it was Moonshadow or um, Brooklyn Dreams, very different, drastic art styles, almost painted. Brooklyn Dreams is real interesting. It's kind of like his autobiography, but it's not. It's uh, yeah, we talk about it on the the first the first time I I spoke to him, and it was it was a real. I need to listen to that. I didn't want to read it. Because it just wasn't my sort of thing, but I'm so happy I did. Oh, because it it oh, was kind of cool. like punk rock in a way, but it was him. Gro- it was about a story, uh, basically him growing up in Brooklyn and his journey of finding mm-hmm. himself. It was really good, and the and the oh. art changes into into the mood of what the kid is going through as he's growing up. Oh wow! So it doesn't follow just like a it's it's. It's almost like he's the whole point of the book is like he's about to tell you a story and the whole time you're reading it he's like so I'm going to get to it. I'm going to I'm going to get to that. Like you keep going like okay get let's get to this story but you're getting told the story. Right. It's really cool. Yeah. I'll have to give that a go. That sounds great. Yeah, it's uh Comicsology. Comicsology will have it. If I could ever find a, a physical copy, I would definitely want that as well. But J.M. DeMatteis would be my pick, uh, a Spider-Man collection. I just think his stuff is stellar. Um, for those, for people who want to hear about The Child Within in detail, he just recorded recently an episode for the Comic Shenanigans podcast. So check that out. J.M.D. Cool. about a month ago. Yeah. Right. Oh, cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. Take it away, Dave. I just took a sip, I'm everybody. I'm going to go with Spider-Man. Okay. To, to kind of like for like. And I, the original choice I had, after having just said an era that I wanted, I, I took it off the list in favor of this, which really surprised me. Um, so it's Superior Spider-Man. I'm, I'm shocked that Superior Spider-Man hasn't been collected. But I was at a point with, with Spider-Man where I was losing interest. Mm-hmm. I think after so you know the stuff that gets mentioned a lot like one more day and <clears throat> brand new day I, I didn't really gel with uh, big time was there was some 
good fun bits in big time but and that's you know big time would be another good one mm. at superior consistently throughout was i was gonna say it was amazing like that's the whole point <laughs> it's not amazing <laughs> superior it was great i loved it i love what they did i loved that it was it was cheeky like it 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 all your expectations and they did it on purpose they dangled expectations in front of you and then went no we're going to do this with it it's like oh that's that's great that's great it's like i love being surprised and it's such an odd you can only do it in comics kind of story those are the um, best yeah yeah because i think people forget people people are so geared now towards going yeah but there's no you know a film a film i want to see a film of it i mean that's that's when you know it's it's the best it's the pinnacle it's like it's not, man. The comics have so much freedom. Uh, you can do some slightly sillier things, weirder, th- but you just accept it. Um, and yeah, so switching brains essentially with Peter Parker and then becoming Spider-Man in his body was—it sounds silly. It sounds like something out of a of, of short seventy storyline, and they made thirty-something issues out of it. Yeah. And it was fantastic, and I loved it. And also, they they had those additional team up books. They had like um, Avenging Spider Man ran alongside it for a bit. And I think there was Superior Spider Man team up, and there was some other little one shots like the stuff that tied into Age of Ultron. Superior Foes of Spider Man that was around. Superior. Me. That's weirdly. There's been an omnibus of Superior Foes. Right. That's the that I was on my list. Superior Spider Man was was one of those ones I felt like we got to mention that because some of the things that they've released from that time. Why would you release that? And this yeah. thing was not. It was it was um, a good book. Like it was a great book, but also it was uh, a news topic. Like it really made waves in a way that you hadn't seen since. Like Superman died. Like yeah. I, I didn't read. I got back into comics when Superior Spider-Man was on the shelf. Right. And I, by on principle, I said I'm not buying a Spider-Man book <laughs> if it's not Peter Parker. I'm not reading that. Rah, 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 right. <laughs> I didn't know better. And then I saw them really investing in this title because it was just strong. Yeah. So I went back and I and I read the the hardcovers of it and I said this is Oh cool. This is good. This is really yeah. good. And it made me uh, cuz I jumped back on of the Spider Amazing Spider-Man number 1 with the, not the just before um, Spider-Verse. I'm not sure what right. that era was yeah. called, right? That was immediately after Superior, right? Right. Immediately after yeah. when Peter's back and I'm like I'm back. Peter's back, I'm back. I bought a bunch of the number ones. Like I was all in. Shrugged so hard when that happened. Like, oh, good. Good. (laughs) Yeah. But when they did, there was that moment in Spider-Verse because Superior Spider-Man is in Spider-Verse. Yeah. And he's a really interesting character. Yeah. As you're reading it there. And then they use him in a way that you go, oh, that's so cool. That when yeah. you read it in the Superior Spider-Man book, you're like, oh, man, what a payoff. Like, just yeah. so good. So it good. It is so good. It is, it is payoff on payoff on payoff. Yeah. And like, throwing in Spider-Man 2099 in there was a little treat. And um, it's just 
I think one of the things, again, and not to do this whole film versus comics thing, but there is truth in this. So in a film, if they did this, it would be one film or part of a film. This went on for probably the equivalent of two series of a TV show, maybe yeah. three. Yeah. That's a long time. And that was a long time to play with the, with the character. And actually, largely, spoilers, prove him right. Yeah. Prove Dr. Octopus' intentions right. And that was great. You know? Yeah. It, it, um, it was just a fascinating way to, to play with that character. I know they brought him back since, but like, I thought that was a great way to, to kind of wrap up that character. It was, um, surp- I shouldn't say surprising, but what a great era of Spider-Man. Because all the characters are moving. You know, his world doesn't stop. And it makes you laugh at your own silliness that why didn't, like, how did none of us think of how rich Peter could be? Yeah. If he just used his head. Like, he's so brilliant, but he's just, like, not, he doesn't see himself enough that way. That Dr. Ock was just like, you moron. Like, watch what I can do in this amount of time with someone like I'm going to do that. All that you do. And earn a fortune. Yeah. He made him like a Batman Spider-Man in a way. He had a plan for it. It was so smart. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And I think you would only need one volume, right? One cover to cover. I think if they they did anything else, they could probably do a companion of the other stuff. I I like a companion volume. Um with some things and I think that one the, the the side stories aren't as strong but I would like to have them yeah so they were I'd strong enough two volumes yeah the proper uh, series and the companion let's go with it perfect yeah it deserves it it was that good yeah and you know it's funny that you we both started off with different Spider-Man choices and I didn't want to go that route because it's too easy but it's almost like how how why hasn't this happened yet and i got another one i'm gonna make it a a hat trick of spider-man go for it okay i know they're doing spider-man 2099 which is really cool because i've never read it right so i'm excited to you know another volume of peter david and that's another thing i don't know if you noticed i saw some trends in the list that i made did you notice any trends yeah. Okay. There's a lot of Peter David stuff. There's a lot of Peter David stuff that's not collected. As yeah. It sh- and it should be. So this is another Peter David selection. Uh, Spider-Man 2099 during Marvel now. When the, the Spider-2099 that went that was in Spider-Verse, there was a series that was running at that time that was that was good. And yeah. if, if, you know, they, they released the Miles Morales Spider-Man and the Spider-Gwen and they're good, but I think that the Peter David stuff might have been better. Just didn't get the praise or the the you know front page ness of it. It never does. It never does with his stuff. It's almost like Marvel. I don't know. It's a weird thing they have with Peter David. I don't really get it. It's like they've got this reluctance to give him work, but they know it will sell. But we're not going to promote it. Like why? Um, that's how it feels. I don't know what the actual game is, but. Yeah, it's odd, and I, I like that series, and it carried on after Secret Wars as well. Yeah, and it was still interesting. Um, yeah, that's the bit. That's the stuff I haven't read, but I want to. I really want to. 
Um, so I'm literally about to drop the 2099 plug, 2099 reading order part two mm-hmm. okay. next week. Okay. Um, and I was thinking about this because like, it focuses on the original run. But I think the later one messes with the timeline a bit and almost right. spins it into its own timeline. Right. I was thinking, like, how am I going to do this? Especially as I've never read it when I'm not supposed to cover that era. But I want to. And it was making me want to go and read it. So if they released an omnibus of that, I'd be on it. Yeah. Yeah, me too. It's it's one of – like when I see them – and I, I feel like they will just because there's – Spider-Man 2099 coming and they might just throw it into one of those sort of mix like maybe make it a volume 5 which I hope they didn't. I don't know how long I don't know how long the uh, original series ran for, but it was significant, right? Like over 80 issues. Um 2099, the one from the 90s? Uh, it's about 44, 45? 45 issues? Yeah. Because it's it's a volume 1 omnibus, right? It's the no, it's the whole thing. Oh, I thought it said it had a volume one beside it. Okay. Well, that then the volume two could be the, the one that came out in the um, Marvel Now, whatever era. It may be. Could be. And that would be that would be very welcome. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. But it was 46. Okay. Just had a quick reminder, 46 issues. Oh, that's great. That'll be nice to read that. And I like reading a series cover to cover. I yeah. do enjoy I, – I make very rare – um, what's the word like concessions for uh, I'm in for four volumes doesn't happen often but Peter David's Hulk was is one of them yeah which isn't far away either no is it no so yeah I'm super excited about that yeah I noticed I noticed a lot of Peter David stuff and him and JMD do not get the reprint love it sounds weird to say but they don't get the proper credit they deserve in reprinting their work because they have a very strong following. Yeah. Like people respect, if you don't like Peter David, doesn't matter. Like it's one of those, like, I don't care. Maybe he's a weirdo, but his comics are good. (laughs) Is he weird? Well, I don't know. Maybe he has like weird political views or, you know, someone may disagree with him about some controversial views. Yeah. I don't think that it's really controversial. A lot of them are quite, well thought through. He's, he's, he's some of the kind of guys, he questions things. It's like, why don't we just do it? He was one of the people that was talking about what, about the divide about people going, you're either this or you're that. Why? And I like that about him. And he'll put that in his comics. And it's not necessarily about politics. It's just about people. Yes. His stories are all about people. Yeah. That, that, and, that, and I find JMD is, is similar in that. Like we're getting into the mind of the person. Yeah. What makes these p- people act this way? What's their story? And, I just feel like they've done so much and maybe that's why, but at the same time, where's the love? Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's 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 very weird, especially when you see some of the stuff that does get printed. Like, yeah, that you think that deserves you, you really, yeah, okay. Sure. <laughs> but whatever. Um is it number 3 or number um, Oh, it's my number 2. Number I 2. Think, yes, so. I went first for once. That's right. That's right. I'm confused. You're all good. It's thrown you. <laughs> I like when you go first we'll better. do this again. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I've chosen Sleepwalker as well. No, I haven't. Um, <laughs> so keeping with the Peter David theme. Yeah. Captain Marvel. I had that on my list. I no, said, did you? That's why I wanted to go first. I wanted to go first <laughs> to steal it from you. 
I said, let me steal one. No, and and um, I've never read it. I know nothing about it. Other than the character spins out of Avengers Forever and people love it. People yeah, who've read it love it. It's character work again. And it's, it's funny because it takes that dynamic technically with the same, well, one half of the same characters. That doesn't make sense. Um, so basically back in the 70s, Rick Jones was sharing space with Captain Marvel, Marvel, mm-hmm. um, through the, the Nega bands, which he would slap together. And they'd switch places, which I'm sure is probably thieving from the Shazam mm-hmm. idea quite heavily. But there we go. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I never so, yeah. realized that's what they were doing until you just no. said that. Silly me. I never realized that they were riffing on that. It's, it was all theft. I mean, the thing is, Marvel basically wouldn't let DC use the, um, the name Captain Marvel anymore. Right. So they invented Captain Marvel to fill that role. There was no other reason for Marvel to exist. Right. They said that it, it kind of diminished their brand or it, right. it made it look like it was a Marvel book. So they basically wouldn't let them use it. So they invented Captain Marvel, their own Captain Marvel. Um, but it was kind of boring, really. And it wasn't really, an, it didn't start to get good until um, Jim Starlin was on the, on the series. Um, but yeah, it was a weird dynamic. And I, I don't know, he's the kind of person that, probably would have gone, I'm just going to do this and see if anyone knows. <laughs> and they, you know, carried on for a while. Or maybe it was Marvel sticking two fingers out. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that was kind of the dynamic. And eventually they separated and blah, blah, blah. At the end of Avengers Forever, Rick ends up attached to Marvel's son, Janice Bell, um, who at the time was a bit of a drunken bum kind of character. He was a teenage kind of no good piss head basically um, and then Peter David kind of took him and made him a bit more interesting than that because that was it was no one really knew what to do with him they invented him as um, one of the characters who appeared in a series of annuals 1992 93 it was 93 so 1993 they invented they created a new character in each of the Marvel annuals mm-hmm. um, and he was one of them and no one really knew what to do with him then. So it was Peter David that took him, smashed him back together with Rick Jones, and hilarity ensues, basically. It's a comedy book. It's a funny series, and it is funny. Like, there's, I, I don't even want to, there was, there's one moment in particular, I was going to say it, but it ruins the joke. I do not want to ruin the joke. They're going to release that. I feel they like they're going to. to. I really feel like they will. Well, they've and- just released a Marvel Tales one-shot with old material with Janice in. Okay. Um, and he's appearing in Captain Marvel at the moment, uh, the series with Carol Danvers. So I think they're kind of acknowledging, because I mean, like, I don't think she's that been that popular as Captain Marvel. I have um, the, are they doing a Kelly Sue DeConnick omnibus of that? They are. I've read that. Yeah. I read, I read that uh, all the way through. And I think I read the first storyline more than once. I don't like it at all. No, I don't think I like the the praise that Kelly Sue DeConnick gets for that series. I don't get it. I, I've read it. I've read it more than it's once. Praise. Oh yeah, they really? they they basically. Uh, is it Marvel giving the praise or is it? No, is it? just I I I mean reviews. I wouldn't have bought it if it wasn't well reviewed. I've heard, and then of course the a lot of the movie, 
uh, is, you know, off of her sort of take of the character, right? Yeah. And I read it all the way through and I was just like, what's so good about this? Like Kelly, like Kelly Zudekonik is not a good writer to me. I just didn't find it interesting. And, That's and it, boring. And it didn't make me want to read all the other stuff that she did. Like she, no. she, she gets this praise, like she's the second coming of Gail Simone or something. I'm like, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, I've never really got that either. Um, and it was funny because like at the time, that's when Ms. Marvel was out. As we both said, we both really loved that character. Um, the one who took Carol's name, basically. <laughs> and it was a better series with Kamala Khan. Oh, so yeah. Carol just sort of, I really should take the name. Really? I mean, I don't think it makes sense for you to take the name at this point. Yeah. You know, the whole thing of like, this is my legacy. It's like, what is you're kind of shoehorning badly but a lot of people then the whole debate of like who's your Captain Marvel most people will I mean a lot of people will say Marvel yeah you get a lot of people as well that will, will say Monica Rambeau and a lot of people that will say Janice yeah and I'd rather see Janice Bell me too and I've only read them in Avengers Forever like I like you said I, I think of Captain Marvel and I think of Marvel I never I know Carol Danvers is Captain Marvel, but in my head, it's not. It's, yeah. it's Marvel, and for me, but that's because I'm a Jim Starlin fanboy. Right? <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I'm just gonna turn the light in my room a little brighter. I'll be stay. Okay. I'm not going anywhere. Keep talking. Keep talking. Okay. Keep talking. So, <laughs> no. no pressure. No pressure. Um, I'm back. Okay, you didn't give me a chance to say anything. Ooh, I like your glasses. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, they make me look nerdy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> not saying we... that you do. <laughs> just... <laughs> I, I have no choice. I embrace it. I, don't make me bring my let my wife go there and smack you across the face for making fun of her husband. <laughs> I haven't got any more teeth to lose. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, so so far on our list, we've got. I'm just trying to keep track in my head. We've got Jam the Mateus Spider Man. Yeah. You've got. Um, Superior. Superior Spider-Man, duh. I put Spider-Man 2099 from the 2000s, and you picked now Captain Marvel from Peter David. Great picks. So it's your turn. My turn. Great picks, if I do say so myself. Hey, Marvel. (laughs) David Gabriel, hello. Aren't you listening to me? (laughs) David, is he called? Oh, he is, isn't he? I keep thinking of Peter Gabriel. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to do another writer-centric omnibus choice because they've done it before for this team book where they've collected everything from a writer, John Byrne. They made a John Byrne Avengers, which is, of course, a lot of it is uh, Avengers West Coast and um, some stuff from the main title. But I think... I don't want, again, going back to, I don't want a number seven or eight of whatever, wherever it would be collected in the whole pantheon of Avengers books, but there needs to be a Roger Stern Avengers omnibus series. Uh, I think you could do it in two volumes. They hit, Roger Stern started writing Avengers, I think at the same time he was doing Spider-Man. Yeah. And this was a, for anyone who's not aware of who Roger Stern is, he was a a writer in the 80s that pretty much everything he was working on was quite good. 
he was kind of the amongst the the elite writers of his time. And the Avengers title for a lot of people is their favorite era of Avengers. Some of the you know uh, most celebrated Avengers story under siege was by Roger Stern. So it's a good yeah. solid five years or so. Is that right? He started in the two. Two twenties or two thirties, and it went to two eighty five. Yeah, it was two thirties. I think. I think yeah. it was either during or after the Hank Pym. Yes. Trial. Yes. Run, and then it went to two eighty five ish. Yeah, to yeah, something like that. It's, yeah. it's long. It's a it's a good hearty run, and he introduces yeah. characters like Monica Rambeau. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the things that he really just the storylines. We're very strong. Yeah, the story vision line. quest storyline. Yep. Yeah, a- vision absolute going. vision. That's what it was. Absolute, absolute vision. vision. That's the one. Yeah. Um, with the vision going crazy, um, he under siege. And under siege, of course, he added the West Coast Avengers. Right. Um, so he wrote the miniseries, and right. then he didn't know that Marvel had given Steve Englehart the ongoing. He was really upset about that. Apparently. Oh man, that's too bad. Yeah, so that would have been great. Yeah, we got Engelhart and Milgram, which didn't work for me. Um, no, I just don't like that run. Just don't like it. So imagine what we could have had. Um, but while he was doing all this as well, I mean, yeah, because it went through. He also had to deal with the fact that Cap's quitting being Captain America in yeah. this series. Yeah, so Cap comes back in the other outfit for a bit. Um, Thor's losing his bones and having armor on in his series so he comes back in that form so it's like he's dealing with all these other shake-ups um as it goes through secret wars as well the changes where he loses she-hulk to the fantastic four um brings the black knight back into it he introduces nebula there's tons of stuff in that run it's it's colossal yeah and it's great like it's and, and, and also if you do read it with john burns fantastic four at the same time it pays off. They they reference each other heavily. Yeah, yeah we talked about that in the cosmic, right? We, yeah, yeah. You chose yeah. one of those stories as one of your favorite cosmic stories. Yeah, it was it was the the nebula one. Yeah, yeah. I think it's collected in the legacy of Thanos trade. Yep. Stern, yes. Burn, and Dusema. Wow, what a lineup. Yeah, yeah. Whew. Yeah, I think I think he's more than deserving of uh, a series two volumes worth of event like don't put uh you know volume nine volume eight whatever no it's it's too no. good because if you did it for kurt Busiek, you definitely got to do it for roger stern yeah and i that feel to exist. yeah and i feel like if you've uh, it's like i'm speaking to the choir but if you like classic superhero if you like kurt Busiek, you're gonna like roger stern um, yeah, I, I'd say the Roger Stern run is better. Yeah, and I, I haven't read it all. I've read large chunks of it, but I'm planning to, to possibly on my next vacation bring my Roger Stern epics nice. and 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 go through that nice. stuff. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. Really yeah. good stuff. The good, good fun comics. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And you get. Uh, when you read those things, like even when you read the West Coast, uh, the, the Avengers by John Byrne, you see where a lot of a lot of the stuff that's coming onto the uh, multimedia, the movies, the television, all those things, they're yeah. not from recent runs. A lot of it is from seventies, eighties stuff. They just update the look 
and some of the maybe the agenda to match today but the storylines the cool shit that they do like wandavision is very much um the vision quest and darker than scarlet that's a lot of what it is and apps and maybe a little bit of absolute vision little things from there yeah i think there's yes very much so between absolute vision and vision quest it's definitely more that era yeah and yeah the effect on on wonder is probably yeah most people are going to think about avengers disassembled but i mean even that's the thing that goes right back to stern and what he did and then deciding they were going to have kids that's his era that's the stern era yeah no it's good it's i'm surprised again i'm i don't know why it hasn't been collected in in a much more i don't know just just some sort of set that you can put together of the of the Roger Stern event. Everyone here is under siege. Yeah. <laughs> like it's a must read. Yeah. And you, it's, you it's can get it. Not seen it. Yeah, no, you, you they they're doing the epics, which is nice. You've had a couple hard covers, soft covers of it, but it's so spotty. Yeah. I think when you do think about the Avengers though, you think like, okay, whether you love or hate new Avengers, it was a big deal. Um and then, I don't know, after that, I guess the Hickman thing, which they've collected, and before that was probably uh, Busick and Perez, which yeah. they've collected. Then they collected The Gathering, which is an odd choice. Like, Right, right. Why that, but not the Stern run? Like, it's the Stern run, man. It's coming. It's got to be coming. It's got to be. Will you, pick that, will you pick up two volumes of that? Yeah. Yeah, okay. It's one of those, when I was thinking about this as well, because that was on my list. <laughs> Okay. For, for a while I took it off because I kind of banked on you saying it um, <laughs> but yeah I was thinking about what books would I when they announce it when I see it when I go through listings um, to see what's coming out and I see that what would I get really excited about and that was one of them yeah like I like hyperventilate <laughs> yeah it's gotta come pre-order, pre-order now because they, they did it for a Spider-Man which I thought was really cool and then they re-released it did a second printing, which is just like, of course. So, yeah. and I think his Avengers is as good as, or as important as the Spider-Man stuff was. My opinion. I feel that's how good he was. Possibly more so. Yeah. I thought was crawling up. something on my screen, man. All right. Uh, number three for you. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with something, admittedly I've mentioned a lot on my Instagram accidental plug. Um, but uh, Daredevil by Ando Senti. Yes, I thought you would. I thought you would say like, "Well, I wonder if he's going to pick a Daredevil." And the only one yeah. that I can think of that that is loved by fans of Daredevil. Not everyone loves it, but people who love it, no. like they 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 really appreciate it. Is the Ando Senti stuff? Like, yeah. It was significant. It, it left a mark. I think like there are some weird choices in it. There are some weird stories. Not all of it's great, um, but Typhoid Mary's introduced in it. Um, she has him become kind of nomadic, leave not just Hell's Kitchen, but he kind of leaves New York City. And he goes wandering upstate, trying to kind of find himself because he screws his life up so badly again. Um, it's just, it's it's her kind of 
period of giving him another breakdown. But I like the weirdness of the stories. So the story gets so weird at one point that he ends up kind of traveling around with two of the inhumans and a, a female clone, kind of like a genetically altered woman. Um, and then it ends up in hell. And you're like, what the hell? What is this? Yeah, yeah. I, I like it because it was so odd. And that was my first, when I got into, when I started buying American comics, like the actual proper original issues, it was it was Nocenti and Marita Jr. On, on that run. It was just after Inferno. And it's, I've read this book of like this guy burning all his stuff and going, I'm just going to leave. Like, what? I'm just thinking, like, this is so miserable. I love it. <laughs> I just wanted to see where it goes and I kind of I thought like oh god is it too miserable should I get this next month and it was him on a cover on the cover with the with the noose in his hand I'm like yeah I'm getting that that was dark I just it was odd it was and then they choose Blackheart in that run of all places which series do you think would you have thought they would introduce the son of Mephisto probably Silver Surfer maybe Avengers Ghost Rider right. Daredevil I mean, at that point, after what, how dared um, Frank Miller propped him up, and then you got Ramita with Anne Nascenti, like, it is a book that everyone's going to pick up on the strength of the title. Like, why not? Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, Marvel in the 80s, man, that is a whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. It's a whole episode, man, because... You go back to that time and you and you try to find I mean there was a lot that they're throwing at the wall, but it's in many ways the best era for every team, every character, there is solid stuff there. Yeah. Worth reading. Yeah. Like yeah. character defining stuff. I think I think it was weird because that was the twenty fifth anniversary period, wasn't it? Like nineteen eighty six. It was the twenty fifth anniversary. And they did just kind of go I was just gonna just gonna check out for pretty much everybody, you know. But it was it didn't feel like a really forced thing. No, you know, Cap quitting, um, uh, Spider Man with the black costume, um, Thing leaving the Fantastic Four, being replaced by She Hulk for a long time. All this stuff, all these changes, and the, you know, and it felt that was still a period when the Marvel universe was moving forward. It was moving, like yeah, and you went with it. And you weren't, yeah. it, it, nothing felt like, maybe because we were more naive or it was still in its, you know, somewhat of its infancy as a company in a, in a, in a storytelling universe. But you ne- the only agenda you felt was to sell toys, perhaps. You know? Yeah. There's yeah, a cartoon. That didn't work out. Right. <laughs> and so you were just getting good character defining stories from people who had the time to flesh out stories and plots yeah. and that was when he did have those fans as well that became creators like yeah the, 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 the film that um that Steve was working on um True that Believers was, you know, yeah. True Believers and yeah. that was a big that's a big deal you know and he had Walt Simonson on Thor and he had you know and it's funny because I, I don't think it is necessarily about any kind of naivety from our point of view. I think it genuinely was moving forward. They it all moved forward. It was let's take the characters through to the next stage in their lives, their ongoing stories. And you kind of tolerated some like that wasn't a great story, but you needed to know what happened to so and so. 
Like, yeah. that's how you know why in the next issue they're here. Like, you, you went along with it. You didn't worry about how good was that issue. Did they get yeah. it right? You didn't, you know, rank things, aggregate them. You just, like, just it's... your comics. Yeah, I need, I need to know what happens next. Like, even if you got a filler story. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. That was yeah. either a good or not so good filler story. Yeah. But yeah. next month it picks up with the normal story. So I think, like, towards the end of the... 80s so Anasenti came on around about 1987 it was it was roughly when Sabretooth fought him um, I think that was her first issue I could be wrong off the top of my head um, for Drew Mutant Massacre so it's still a time when they were playing with all this stuff and there was still major stuff happening and Daredevil just went through that board again change they, they couldn't just kind of let him go, oh, everything's fine now. But how do you top board again? I mean... <laughs> no. How? No. It's, it, it's yeah. still probably the best Daredevil storyline. It's, it's, it's got some people that don't like it, and that's fine, but for me, it still stands as the best Daredevil storyline. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's one of those things you at least have to... You have to read it once. Yeah. It's short. But it's character defining. It's, short, isn't it? it's about seven issues or something. It's not. Yeah. Seven or eight. But it's it's, it's you can read. It's How a, do you follow it? Yeah. She did. She did, and it was it was an interesting time. Was, I guess she kind of introduced her own version of Electra in a way, but it yeah. made sense. So yeah, the the Nascenti era doesn't get enough praise, and it hasn't been collected. And if there's one thing that people talk about on the Marvel Comics Guide Instagram whenever I post something from that era is why hasn't this been they have epic collections of it but not on Omnibus yeah. no. that's the thing you get Omnibus collectors are waiting for the Omnibus right you know you'll see it in Epic and you'll go oh maybe this means the Omnibus is coming or do I get the no surely the Omnibus is coming now um, but yeah there's no sign of it yeah I think it'll happen we need a so. we need a daredevil, uh, something television wise to happen, some sort of episode him appearing in, in maybe in Moon Knight, you know, yeah, S- something like that to happen for people to go. Ooh, I want to read more Daredevil. Well, we got stuff for you. <laughs> we got this. We got that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they are releasing Ed Brubaker and everything again. Yeah, this year. Which is great, and people need to read that stuff because it is it is so good. And I don't know if the Nascenti run is as strong, but it's something that I want. And if I saw that being announced, I would breathe. <laughs> okay. Out of tune. <laughs> <laughs> I would scream in a very high pitched <laughs> Okay. I've never read any of the Nascenti stuff, but I know the images, the John Romita images, and they're very iconic. They are. The cover he, with he the news. Perfect. Yeah. For that era. Okay, this is a solid list so far. So, I'm going to go with something similar to your pick. Very different character. But, but, they're entangled. And here's how. The book that you just referred to was supposed to be the book that this pairing was supposed to write. But instead, they got... Thor, and they followed Walt Simonson. It's Tom DeFalco and Ron Friends. 
They were supposed to jump on Daredevil. Their plan was to jump. They, I, they were told, I think, that they were going on Daredevil, and they were street level. They were more of a street level kind of team. Tom DeFalco was like, yeah. I don't. None, neither of them were like, we don't know really. We could do it, but we don't really know Thor. And again, it was following Walt uh, Walt Simonson's run. Like, how do you follow that? God. And it, I don't care who you are. It, it there's nobody. There's no following that. Exit stage left, right? You could get Stanley and Kirby back on it. Doesn't matter. You that wasn't could, just one good story arc. No, that was that was <laughs> the, a great story. Tag. That was the story arc. You don't read yeah. that. There's there's a lot of omnibus and and series where you read them and it's like, well, that was the end of of a story arc. I could uh-huh. I could put a bookmark here and move on. You don't do that with Simonson. You just read it no, like a novel. Go read the whole thing. You read it all. So good. It's great. Out. Even yeah, and you know, tougher to follow the board again. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not saying they topped it, but I also think that their era on the character is oftentimes uh, definitely underrated because they do a lot of they do a lot of things with that character. They introduce characters. Yeah, I know maybe people have feel different ways about Thunderstrike, but they introduce the new warriors. Cap, yeah. Cap holds the hammer. You know, yeah. he's worthy and that's it's it there's a lot of cool storylines in it. Iconic moments that if you're a fan of Thor, you should have that as an omnibus option. They did the Dan Jurgens, which is good. I'm happy they did. But I, I don't know if I'd go so far to say that Dan Jurgens' run is better. Man. Have you read the Tom DeFalco run, friends? Yeah, bits. The, the first issues I read of Thor properly were with with those guys. Okay, it was that team, and it was um, with the it was Asgard was kind of loose and floating through places and it ended up in the negative zone so Thor fought Annihilus like this we want to make Thor fight Annihilus how are we going to do it like we're just going to make Asgard float out and go into the negative zone he can fight with Annihilus like great I want to read that now things of that it's like it literally it relishes comics yes that run you know it's not trying to pretend to be anything other than what it is we just want to see Thor beat things up and he fights the juggernaut then not long after that yeah. Which is the new Warriors story, of course. Um, and the, yeah, there. I, I, it's weird. I'm, I've actually, I'm going to cover bits of it for the Marvel Comics Guide in terms of story arcs. Um, I particularly want to go back and read that story where Thunderstrike is, is introduced. Well, no, where, where Eric Masterson becomes Thor. I want to read that because I've missed that bit. Yeah, and... and- Again, it's one of those uh, character switch-ups that was so common. Like, that was the thing to yeah. do during that time. It was. And it's like, uh, the one of these, when I knew it was coming, I'm like, I got to read through that. <laughs> That's what they did. But, you know, they made it work. I I prefer Odin's son, but I also find it real interesting when someone occupies that body. Yeah. It it. Does and and he still has to operate as the god of thunder. It was it was good. It was a good run, good solid run. That when you see some of the things that were collected during its 
time on the shelf. It's like, well, if that got collected, surely this could have been collected. And there would be people, Thor fans, who would, I would, I have all the epics of it. I think I'm missing one. I'm always slow to buy. It's the very last volume of the Thor epics. I don't know why I put so it on. So yeah, the whole series oh. is the whole series is available in Epic Collection, wow. and it's fun. It's a really good series. It deserves a, a lot more credit than it gets. I, weirdly, even though I'm not officially a Thor person, I probably consider picking that up. Yeah, and I, I, there's something about it, and and it's the there's certain teams when they're together, they get the best out of each other. Yeah. And I don't think they they work better with any other partner. Their Spider-Man stuff I enjoyed. I know some people are hit or miss. Or I think it was solid. I thought it was a really good Spider-Man run for yeah. me. I liked it. Yeah, no, me too. And to follow up Stern, again, to follow up. They did. They followed up Stern. And That's I thought the they, they, they pulled it off. Yeah, yeah. They, they, got, they were sabotaged by Christopher Priest, basically. Yeah, I, don't, I, I I've wanted to ask Ron Friends about that because he's been on the show but I'm also like it's a sticky subject yeah, and I'm a Christopher Priest fr- fan yeah same here but the, there was a video about it on YouTube on Comic Tropes okay where they explain it so that's that's worth a watch it's interesting okay it just made me go oh god I didn't realize all this stuff happened behind the scenes ugh um, yeah I mean he was he was very young I think we mentioned this before. Like he was he was very young at the time. I think he was yeah. He looks back on it with a, a lot of regret. But yeah, it's a shame then because it kind of spoiled the end of their run on um, on Spider Man. But I think it's they pretty much as far as I'm aware they got to do what they wanted to do with Thor as well because it was they seemed to have free reign. They did seven years. That's long, and that's what I mean. Like you don't go seven years on a character if you're not doing a good job. And I know Tom DeFalco was the editor in chief, so he could kind of make that call. But they were also in an era of sales numbers were important. Yeah. Right. So the book had to have been moving some numbers. Well, I mean, the thing is, if he wasn't originally thinking of going on it, ended up on it, became editor in chief. He could have taken himself off the book. They're having fun doing it. Yeah, from and from the conversations with them, it was a a very enjoyable time. And you feel that when you read the book, it's fun. It, you you there's a relationship with Thor and Hercules that gets explored really well. Yeah, um, the father son relationship between Eric and his son, I think Kevin. Right, yeah. like you remember the names, you you become attached. Yeah. So even when the stories could be silly or, or you know, Saturday morning cartoon like, I thought they did a really good job on Thor. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with Saturday morning cartoons, dude. Absolutely. Uh that's my pick. I think I'm that's my number four. Ooh, I gotta make a good number five. Okay. Hey, I'm gonna go with more eighties. Let's do it. Um Doctor Strange by I was going to put that. I've never read it. I've never read Doctor Strange at all. I've, I've not read a huge amount of Doctor Strange. I think he never really appealed to me as a kid. Um, but I read good chunks of Roger Stern's run, not even realizing who Roger Stern was, I think, at the time. Um, so when I say I was a kid, I was probably like mid-late teens by the time I got hold of these. And it was mostly because of Paul Smith's art. So the Paul Smith 
um, who did that X-Men run, from the Ashes X-Men run, um, is the artist on, on this. Honestly, if you look at the covers alone, you can see why I picked them up. Mm. So I, t- I had to make a note because like, the numbers were quite vague. It was 46 to 73, which is, again, it's fairly long. It's enough for an omnibus. Yeah. Um, and it, it, So in that run, you've got you've got Paul Smith, which is brilliant because I think his art is incredible, with Terry Austin as well on inks. Terry Austin draws some of the issues as well. Um, Michael Golden is on there. Um, you've got the Dracula storyline. That ends all vampires. Um, you got oh god, I'm trying to remind myself now. Uh, oh, the, the dark um, dark dimension story that basically ends up with him coming back and fighting the Beyonder at the end. Um, but it's just it's pretty, and, and that's <laughs> it's like it just looks great, and I want to read it's it again. Pretty. <laughs> I want to read it with an adult head. Oh, that I so know funny. who Roger Stern is, and right because I, I read it. Magic always bothered me as a kid because it, and yeah, up to not that long ago, because it just didn't make sense to me. Yeah, me too. You know, and that, that's why largely why he never appeals. And it's a man with a mustache. I can't relate to that. <laughs> um, you know, between him and Tony Stark I thought they were the most unrelatable characters in Marvel they just seem like old guys with moustaches and what's funny is both of that 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 was what my dad looked like in the 80s really? yeah the moustache it was such a that Tom Selleck thing right? yeah it was the Tom Selleck thing yeah it was it was a big deal yeah so if you're looking for relatable characters I don't know as a, as a teenager it's true it's true. I, I it always it, yeah. Iron Man always kind of threw me off. His look was like, yeah, he's the guy, huh? Mullet and perm with yeah. a mustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can relate to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it'd be a great pick. I was thinking about if he had enough because there's often times where you hear um, these real worthwhile runs, whether they're short or whether they're like a nice. You know, solid 20 issues, two years, whatever it was. Is there a place to, that it's collected nicely? Or is it all scattershot? Yeah. And you got to, like, get a couple singles here. Oh, that collects a little trade, you know? Uh-huh. And and I never – some things I'm just like, well, I'm not going to read it then. Yeah. Because it's too much to work to go and find it. I'm not that interested. But when they omnify something, suddenly you think – Is that a word? I just made it up. Nice. I like it. Trademark. <laughs> yeah. If anyone says Omnify, you heard it here. <laughs> Cave of Solitude. Um, it makes you – and I think that's kind of the – they're banking on that too much these days. Or it's, it, it, before, an omnibus used to feel like this is an important piece of work. It's like a piece yeah. of history. Even So you knew all the Fantastic Four and the Spider-Man. Like all the old stuff gets collected like this because it's – it's meaningful to the yeah. to the history of this. And then a few scatter stuff where you're like, you know what? Walt Simonson deserves it for Thor, Frank Miller for Daredevil. Yeah. And it was special. Now everything is being omnified. <laughs> and it makes you think, every, it, oh, it must be good then. It must be yeah. good if they're investing that in it. But it's not true. No. I mean, the thing is, there's always opinion and a differing opinion.
opinions or whatever. I mean, like, I, I thought I desperately wanted to have the Dark Omnibus, and that was one of those books that fell into that category. It's like it had cult status, um, critical acclaim, blah, 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 blah. And I read it and just thought, like, this is awful. <laughs> it's not funny. It's not half as funny as it thinks it is, and it doesn't. I mean, like, I'm reading it 30, 40 years after it came out. I don't get half the references. I'm having to look them up and go, oh, I'm going to get it now, but it's, it doesn't make it funny. Yeah. Um, and I read Man, I preferred Man Thing. But again, it's like, what, you've collected Man Thing? Yeah. But you've not collected. Right. Yeah, it's true. And that's, and that's how I tried to, Christopher Priest's um, Black Panther was often in my mind like that. Like, how is this not? Yeah. You know, especially when the movie was so big and you, you're, you're, Putting out a Tanahisi Coates mediocre take, like never read it. I I I enjoyed the when he went intergalactic because I like the uh, the change of scenery and also the Daniel Acuna art. I thought it oh. went well with the with the story, but it it's never made me want to go back to it. Okay, but Christopher Priest stuff is really interesting. Really, really interesting, and you—it's. You, I don't think the um, the movie exists without his run. It's such a no, touchstone. I kind of felt like it should have leaned into it more. Yes, like a lot more. Yes, than it did. I agree, and that's that's why I didn't I didn't like it the film because it I felt let down. I felt like they could have really played with that. Like they they should have used. Oh God, I've forgotten his name, but it's mine. The one white character. Everett. Yes. Yes. I forget his Everett Ross. Everett, Everett Ross. K. Ross. Yes. They should have used him the way that Christopher Priest was using him. He's meant to be accidentally racist. He's meant to be <laughs> like a good, a nice guy, a good guy, but he doesn't know what he's talking about. And he's trying to do his best not to offend anyone and then offend everybody while he's doing it. It's He's the voice of the white audience. Right. But they didn't do that so it was pointless him even being there it's like oh i'm turns out i used to be a pilot what <laughs> yeah no? yeah and and i think we talked about this before on another episode but he was christopher priest cast him in his mind that um michael j fox would play him oh i think yeah that sounds familiar yeah yeah and i'm like oh that's perfect i like who they cast for the character but again i wish they would have leaned into it a little bit more yeah they should have done it's, yeah. it's, it's a shame but yeah um, yeah in terms of that I suppose like if we're looking at what omnibus and omnibusizing omnib- omnib- I can't remember how you put it now uh, what we will um, omnify <laughs> yeah omnify so yeah it's weird I, I don't think that Doctor Strange run, run would technically fall into it into that category but I mean people do look back on the, um, the what was it called it was the I've done it the Monticide formula as one of those classic runs because it was, it was basically Doctor Strange killing all the vampires hmm. and that was a big deal at that point in time because Dra- Tomb of Dracula had been big for quite a while mm-hmm. and then it was basically he kills all wipes all the vampires and he has a showdown with Dracula like that's, uh, that's a pretty big deal but right. it's Doctor Strange and Doctor Strange was kind of selling what was, I was like uh, what would you call it in America I think it's a bi-monthly no which is bi- every two months you get an issue Right. That's how little Doctor Strange was selling. Just like um, Daredevil, right? 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there was a couple titles that were like that. Yeah, there were. And I remember um, reading some of them. I think X Men became like that too at once upon a time. And you're reading them, and it's like, what? It was 1977, just a couple issues ago, and we're in 1979. Like, how much? Yeah. Ti- how much have that's I true. read? And you realize, no, this was twice a year or maybe less. But they, but it was how good these stories were that made yeah. them start to do it monthly. Yeah. So yeah. you got to keep that all in mind as you're. It's like a, a little bit of a history lesson when you read older comics. It's fun. That's why they should put a bit more intro. I like it when they've got an introduction that kind of sets the scene and makes you go, "Oh, okay." Yeah, okay. I agree. It does. It makes you appreciate what's about to happen. Yeah. You know, here's what the significance of it. Yeah, and and knowing that before that, if you like this now, it wouldn't have happened without this moment. So you know, yeah. enjoy it, pay attention. If you don't like it, you think it's dumb, then yeah. But this is where it, where it goes down. It's it's fun. It's a lot of fun. It is. Ah, <sighs> okay. Right, it's your turn, man. This is number five. It's number and five. I got four that I could go with. I'm gonna. I'm going to. Okay, I'm not gonna do that one because I already picked that team. This one's definitely gonna come out at any moment. So I'm going to say Captain America by Mark Gruenwald. I had that on my list for ages, and I switched it earlier. Yeah. Yes. I've read chunks, not everything, and I totally intend to. Because you feel like this person loved writing this character. And I yeah. always enjoy at least giving it a go. Just like this, let me see how much fun this, this writer was having during this era. And I think he would do, what, 10 years? It was it like was a Peter David-esque. Like yeah, it was the, one of the longest it runs on it's one writer. Yeah. Could be twelve. Wow! Because after yeah. once he finished, was Mark Wade? Like yeah, it jumped. It jumped out of there into Mark Wade's. So he went up to like four, four, three, and then like, he was on it before. I think I could be wrong. Was he on it before Secret Wars? I can't remember. I think he was on it. No, he wasn't. He was on it after Secret Wars. James Demetrius, I think, was on it during Secret Wars. Yeah, and he did that. That that's a that's a solid choice too for an omnibus. <laughs> That was kind of, yeah, I pondered that one. Great stuff there. Really, really good yeah. stuff. Man, so many things to spend my money on. To Omni-Buy, <laughs> actually. To actually Omni-Buy. But yeah, I think, uh, especially because he's such a beloved figure by many of his peers who worked with him. And, and his um, he really was kind of like the... I don't know the the curator of the Marvel universe or continuity. Like he was such a nerd for yeah. it, and and you always get that sense of his love for his the character he's writing when you read his cap. So I feel like why haven't they given it that sort of just do? I don't know. It's strange. I mean, he, it's funny as well because one of the things that was it was also true that whole kind of caretaker curator thing was he'd also fix things, right? That weren't right, right? In other stories, like he was he knew his stuff, but I mean I guess. One of the issues with the with that run is that there comes a point in it where it's not that strong. Part of it is the art. Part of it is that the era changed, and I think 
I don't know. I don't know if he should have left earlier. But yeah, I think if you get once after 400, it's a little shaky. That's what um, I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. Or it becomes hit or miss. Cat wolf and, and some people say that's a really cool story. And some people are like, that was so bad. I don't know. Depends, I've never read it. It depends what you want. You know, I mean, the, the story before 400 actually as well, he gets turned into a woman. Um, he physically transforms into a woman <laughs> and fights a load of fem- all female villains on a boat. It's like, what am I reading? <laughs> this is so weird. Yeah. yeah they had, but I wanted to read the end of that run, though, before mm-hmm. he finished, mm-hmm. with all the different caps. Is when he when he had the armour. And everyone goes, oh, that cap armour, it sucks. Like, I don't care. Like, it's, what was he trying to do? And it was a, he didn't, he wasn't blessed with great artists towards the end of it. Um, but it was him choosing these other Captain Americas. And they had like, a, it was like Reign of the Superman, Superman. Mm. but with Captain America but he was choosing who should take over from him and then spoilers he dies <laughs> and then you get the Wade run when he's dead already yeah that was a great run yeah that was a great run he needed a new mark on the cap yeah it worked out but yeah you're right that would be di- that and that's why I think it's like for some of these things that they collect it's like you're gonna you know how far you, you're gonna go because you can re- it's a definite investment do people want to stick around for that long or do you collect a section and you title it you know cap no more or the captain probably better to do that but then you have, you have people that potentially could drop off I mean the thing is for, for a run that long you could be looking at four to five volumes and they've done that with Hulk but you know that it's it's good even when it's not the best yeah. David's Hulk yeah. it's still really good yeah. whereas with Grunewald's cat there are points when it's, it's kind of, I hate to say it but it's bad you know well I didn't like Catwolf I didn't like the superior strategic strategy strategy whatever you pronounce it as some of those other stories around that time it's a shame and I didn't I think part of the reason why I dropped that series I didn't want to feel that way about it ah I see I um I have the epics from when his run begins up until the stratagem okay and I've always read good reviews about them so I've I've said I'm gonna own these and I want to have the Mark Gruenwald like set in some capacity I don't, and I don't want to get to the end like I'm weird one I'm keeping the captain everyone bothers me that the captain is on my shelf it's the one thing what? that interrupts my epics right oh I had right. it from before yeah and I said this collects everything this epic has and I'm just gonna make it a sore thumb on the shelf right <laughs> And it drives people crazy when they see it. But I'm like, I don't care. It's a moment. It represents a moment for me in that character's yeah. life, right? That kind of needs to stand out. It's the it's the highlight of the run. Yeah. And then you get that and you've got – and you jump ahead. You've got the Kieran Dwyer issues, which I loved, like the Bloodstone Hunt. And yeah, I've heard good things about that. Crossbones. And then you have Ron Lim coming on the series. Um, with Streets of Poison and, and and him with Diamondback, that was great. That was great. I ran I ran one of those images of like the females in Captain America's life, Steve Rogers' life, 
a little while ago. It was like, who is, who do you see as being like the most important female character? But um, a lot of people do have a soft spot still for Diamondback, and I do. I thought it was great because, like, he's helping her redeem herself, but there's still a connection between you. He's still, they get something from each other. I thought she was a really interesting, um, like, romantic character for him. Yeah. No, it was it what he he was uh, again like he was just having a good time, and as a kid, like I read that in a kid's frame of mind now, retroactively, and I'm like, this would have been so great if I was yeah. you know eight years old, seven years old, whatever it was, reading this. Like this would have been the best. <laughs> it's like you want all of these toys to be made. Yeah, you know, he kind of made you want to own the toys of his comics. Or to turn them, you know, like that's how he wrote them. So, yeah, I mean, the other picks that I had would have probably made more logical sense in the mapping of it. Because I do think that his run is so long. Like, where do you begin? Where do you end? And, of course, people want the completest one at all, even the shit, right? Yeah. But, um, yeah, I feel like it needs a little bit more love. It should get it. I think about it a lot. No, I'm sure I should be thinking about other more important things, but I think about that a lot. <laughs> I went to bed last night thinking, think about the episode for tomorrow. What are the omnibus you haven't thought of yet? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, first world problems, right? Exactly. Got to be grateful. Uh, your number five. Top it off. My number five. Um, bit left field. Um, G.I. Joe. Good pick. So yeah. I've been reading it again. Well, some of it again. Some of it I hadn't read before. So I'm, I'm actually hitting the issues that I'd read as a kid. Oh, I remember reading it as, as, as a kid. They were reprinted in the UK as Action Force. It was called Action Force over here because G.I. Joe, we're not actually American. Uh-huh. Um, so they changed it. Um, and I loved it. As a kid, I loved it more than Transformers. And I loved Transformers. But the comic was a bit shaky. From you know, the American issues weren't great. The UK issues were fantastic. Whereas with Action Force, the UK stories tended not to be so good, but the American stories were were really good fun. But um, yeah, I reread the first thirty five issues, going, why did I like this? Like it's, it's weird. It's very weird. And then it just recently, I just read. Uh, up to issue 40, 45, I think I'm on at the moment. And I'm loving it. I'm loving it. There's a big mystery going on as to who killed Storm Shadow's uncle. <laughs> like, why should I care? I don't. But I love it. <laughs> and he actually goes, like, they're going, like, oh, here comes the big reveal. The big reveal's coming. I was going, like, didn't they just reveal this? Because the, the clues are so obvious. <laughs> right. Like, they pretty much said when they introduced the idea of who killed him who killed him and this has been going on for like a year now in terms of issues like okay oh you haven't revealed that I'm sorry just you carry on (laughs) at your own time yeah yeah but it's just great and they're introducing the the better known characters like Bazooka and um, the Bats the BATs Battle Android Troopers and uh, Tomax and and Zamot Zamot how do you pronounce it um and and Snake Eyes just about getting his grill face, right, 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 mask around about goal. I'll be on. I think that's about issue forty three. He didn't have that initially for a long time. Hmm. The original figure didn't 
have that. It had a, like a goggles almost. Um, but yeah, now it's getting to the good stuff and Dr. Mindbender is in it and it's getting weird, but with the weirder toys being thrown in and he's just, Larry, you can imagine Larry Harvest just going, oh, how am I going to make this past? Okay. Yeah. So Cobra Commander rides around in a three-legged pogo machine. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Someone at Hasbro is smoking it good. Yeah. Okay. It's just—it's crazy, but it's like he—he's got military knowledge because he served in—he served in the military, right? So he's coming at it partly from a an experience point of view and partly from a selling toys point of view. So it's a really odd mix, but it works. I always hear so good like, things about it, and it would definitely it have a market. Yeah, it would do. I mean, like um, IDW had the rights to it for a while. And they collected it as trades, but they're really hard to get. And instead of going, oh, they're really hard to get, we better reprint those. No. They yeah. just left them hard to get. Like some books are going for, I don't know what they'd be in dollars, but they're like 250 quid yeah. for one volume. Yeah. Just 10 issues. Yeah. Like there's a market. Have you noticed that, sorry, this is a tangent, but on what you're saying of something being so overpriced, um, speaking of Captain America omnibus, the – Mark Wade one is listed as a prime delivery on sale for $349, which would probably be like what that 10 issue, but it's prime. I'm like, how is something so prime how is available? It for that? Yeah. Like, how is this prime available for four, 350 bucks? Anyways, the aftermarket is very strange when it comes to these things. That's why I buy. That's why I pre-order everything. Yeah, it's probably the cheapest they're going to be, unless it's something that turns out to be really unpopular. Yes, that and and sometimes those end up being good books. But yeah, well, just... Hellstorm by Warren Ellis, which I haven't read yet. But I read it in the nineties, and um, I got it thinking like, oh crap, I better get it. It's hardly going to be any printed. But it's still out there. You can probably get it for less now. Yeah, there's some weird ones that are like everyone should have hopped on this for this price. And it's still out there for this price. Hmm. Strange. Yeah, the, the Deadpool by Daniel Wade, two volume set, was I managed to get it recently, really cheap. That's good. Hey, like it was so cheap. There's and some I probably wouldn't have got it if it wasn't so cheap. I was kind of intrigued by it. That's what I. That, yeah, a lot of times the the price point of something like hmm maybe for that much I'd read it. Yeah. Right? And I've fallen so many times for that trick. Like, well, I got that for this much. That's a good book. <laughs> yeah, it's so stupid. Um, what's on your reserve list? Oh, dude. Do you want to do your reserve list first? Sure, sure. I'll do my reserve list first. Um, speaking of Mark Grunewald, I said, why don't we get a quasar from Mark Grunewald? A lot of people like that, that character. Was on my reserve list. Yeah, it's uh, it gets. I've read the first nine issues. Some of it was kind of hard to get through, but it was fun, and I do get the sense that it's going to get better. Like it, it yeah. by the end of it, I'm like, okay, I'm interested. Capullo on the book makes a huge difference. Yeah, huge. Looks like it. It really yeah. does. So that I, I that was going to put that in my top picks i wasn't sure which one to eliminate for what but yeah i like you know what similar to the captain marvel from peter david i would read it on the strength that they made this book 
Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? But that, that was in my top five for a bit. It was one of those ones that dipped in and dipped out. Yeah. I'm like, Why am I picking Quasar? And I have to, it's just because he didn't beat some of the others, ultimately. Yeah. But the fact that it came into my head means something. Yeah. <laughs> we both thought of it. Um, the Immortal Hulk from Al Ewing. That's oh. going to get printed. That's just inevitably. Yeah. If it doesn't, I'd be shocked. Yeah, it'll be within the year. They're gonna once the once it's definitely done and all the different hardcovers are released for it, they're gonna announce it because they know people want it. It's a definite seller. Um, Tom DeFalco again, the uh, Spider Girl run. Oh yeah. With with Pat Olive and then Ron Friends got back on it. I think it went yeah, hundred issues. Right. They could probably do two fifty issue volumes. There was 100 issues, and then they did Amazing Spider-Girl. Yeah, I think it went even longer, because it had a cult following. They had a, a steady yeah, a steady number of issues being sold throughout it, and they said, well, you know what? Why not? And um, from what I've read of it so far, I haven't read a ton of it, but what I've read, it's it's good. It's really good. They're nice comics. They're really nice. They, they had loads of little mini bits as well, like the buzz. There was um, a character they introduced it, which was the buzz who got his own miniseries. There was Dark Devil. Yeah, and they did last last hero standing as well. So I think like if you pack all those in, you could probably get three volumes out of all of it. Oh yeah, for sure. And I think there's definitely a market of one Spider fans who want everything Spider Man and people who just like that run. And it's yeah. and it's Peter Parker's daughter. Like you want to have you want to make a, a a cool a next thing to do with Spider Man, in even in the movies. Hey. Here's an actual character that had a hundred plus issues that people yeah. like. It's Mary Jane and Peter's daughter. Let's I was going to say, it. if she doesn't, if she's not a surprise character in the new Spider Verse animated film, right. I'd be shocked. I think right. they're holding something back, but I'd be surprised if she's not in it. She's a great addition to the. And I know that they did the Renew Your Vows. Where you know oh, yeah, the, of course. that was that was that was cute. It was good. I read it. Uh, I enjoyed it for what it was. The art was great. I like um, Ryan Stegman drawing Spider Man. I think he's great. Of course, it was Ryan Stegman. But um, Spider Girl's better for sure. It's a good. It's a good series. And I my last pick was Iron Man by Matt Fraction. <laughs> Nearly made it onto my top five. I, I don't understand well. why it doesn't have more collected. I it have all awards. of. I yeah, I have all of the trades because I've I read like the first five or six volumes of it, and it's solid stuff, consistently <laughs> good. Yeah, and it is probably the closest thing that you would get to Iron Man in the movies, in comic form. If I was to recommend an Iron Man run. Yeah, it would be that one for for a modern reader. If a modern reader says to me, "What would I read?" I mean, the the initial bit's a bit tricky because like it starts with him as um, a director of Shield, and then he's on the run from Dark Reign, and but then it's like you know standalone Iron Man stories for the most part. Um, I don't understand why it's not collected. I can't, I don't get it. That makes no sense to me. One of Marvel's most popular characters because of those films, and they haven't collected that run. Like, and what? even when they re-release, like, I know they did it in a hardcover format early, but they've never re-released it again. 
with all of the movie releases, with all of the Avengers movies, it's like, why wouldn't you put this out? People would buy this, especially yeah. since a lot of the the cover designs, it looks like a movie poster. Yeah. You know? I don't think they even finished that in it's, that format. No, they didn't. And it just puzzles me. Is it not a sell? I, I don't get it. No, it but makes no sense. Iron Man doesn't get a lot of um, collected edition sort of shelf life in the same way other characters do he's got he gets the 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 classic stuff collected and the kurt busick sean chen run got collected um they did spider-man or iron man 2020 iron man 20 the dan slot right that got collected oh did it i don't know anything after secret wars man no idea but i'm not sure i i thought they'd collect more of the the latent era stuff but they haven't no yeah exactly i mean it's in epic formats and but there's plenty of stuff from that era that is really strong it's made to be an omnibus those runs are so big that's an omnibus or two or three well they released the first chunk and then they stopped for when they left but they they came back yeah okay where's volume two please yeah yeah it i i feel that that would and and the along with that the 80s iron man stuff Stark yeah. Wars, or Armor Wars, yeah, and Armor Wars Two, and there's all kinds of cool places it's you could go. I don't know why they, especially with the popularity of that character and the iconic connection with Robert Downey Jr. Now, like it's, I don't know. I don't know if there. It's all, he's almost on that level with the connection he has to Iron Man is almost like Christopher Reeve with Superman. Yeah, yeah, very much so everyone's it, it redefined it and it redefined it weirdly enough in that Matt Fraction run right so that was when the character started to become more like Robert Downey Jr right and before that he wasn't at all right he wasn't quippy and quirky that was when it started to to reflect the films and actually that was one of those changes that did reflect the films that I was happy with because it made him more interesting he was likeable he wasn't I don't know what was he before Sometimes just really feeling sorry for himself, the rich bastard. And like other times, I don't know. I just didn't find him very interesting. And, and Matt Fraction's run took on the Downey Junior vibe, and also made him much more interesting as a character. Whether you like him or not, it's almost irrelevant if you like him or not. You want to know what happens. You want to know what happens next. That's what matters. That's really yeah. at the end of the day that when a book is good. Like I didn't care at all about any of the characters in Superior Foes of Spider-Man, but in that book, I liked it. It was the one time where I felt Nick Spencer, like, Nick Spencer's a serviceable writer, but that was a really good book, in my it opinion. Was, it was, yeah, yeah. That deserved the collection. I'm glad yeah. I got it. Yeah. But what, the Superior one. Yeah. Is that the number one for you? Like, that's what you really are clamoring for? I, I actually started blogging ages ago just doing lists of omnibus books I wanted. Hmm. Um, I had about 70-something entries. Holy. Um, and the <laughs> first one I put out, weirdly, was one of the most disliked, it turns out, X-Men runs, which was the Alan Davis run on, on X-Men. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I don't know why. You love Alan Davis. Happy. I love Alan Davis. And it's just, it's <laughs> chirpy and... 
I like it. It's so not X-Men. Um, yeah. And then and that only came out a little while ago. But there, there were books. I actually had a quick look at the list earlier going like, have I, what, what did I want ages ago? How much of this is out? I've never even, I haven't looked at that list in ages. And some of them are still, we're still waiting. Some of them, like the Christopher Priest thing is on there. And bear in mind, I wrote this 10 plus years ago. You know, it's weird to see that. But Superior is on there. I think Superior is probably the one. If I see it, I'll probably explode. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't remember what I picked. JMD would be the one for me. I'd be like, yeah, like bring it like a full price, whatever it costs, give it to me. That would be the one for me. Followed probably by um, maybe Re- Avengers, Roger Stern. That would that would make me happy. Yeah. I'd be really keen to see Roger Sternberg. Two, probably two volumes, but yeah. Yeah, it would be two volumes. They would, Do you want me to tell you my, my yeah. didn't make it list? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Some of it may surprise you that it didn't make it. Okay. But go with it. I'll, I'll try not to dwell on anything too much. Um, so I was considering the Alien Costume Saga from Spider-Man. Definitely. Um, 90s Ghost Rider. Okay. Um, with Dan Ketch. X-Men by Matt Fraction and Ed Brubaker. Okay. Can't really separate that. Actually, X-Men by Kieran Gill, I'm surprised, hasn't been collected as well, thinking of it. Um, uh, the Red, I quite like the Red Thunderbolt series, which had Red Hulk, Deadpool, Punisher, Electra, Red Leader. Huh. Okay. Really random series. Um, Power Man and Iron Fist, I really, really want. But I've never read the series. I've read about six, seven issues. I was thinking about that. Um, Agents of Atlas, I desperately want. I've got a real soft spot for Agents of Atlas. Okay. I, I love them. Um, Machine Man won't happen. Hulk by why won't Machine Man happen? They'll they'll do that. They've done they've done a complete collection. They'll trade. Do yeah. Um, which was missing three issues before however many issues were in two thousand and one Space Odyssey. I'm not sure because he was originally he originally appeared in that. Jack Kirby created him as part of that world from two thousand and one in his two thousand and one Marvel series. Um, and then they kind of went, jump him over. So like he's, he meets a Tycho monolith a couple of times. In, it's a, he's called Mr. Machine. It's it's Jack Kirby. They're going to collect it's it. Jack Kirby. They're going to well, collect they, it. But they haven't. I think they don't have the rights to those oh, issues. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe that's why. Okay. So it's, it's a tricky one. Um, Hulk by Bill Mantlow would be huge because that's pretty much three volumes. Uh, Silver Surfer by Steve Englehart. Yeah. But also with all the other bits that he didn't write. Yeah. <laughs> In yeah. the middle. Um, Captain America with Mike Zek uh, in it. And I can't remember if that was J.M. DeMatteis only with him. I think it was I him and J.M. I desperately want that book. Yes. Great pick. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. All the money that I can see myself spending, I'm like, i got to buy another house because <laughs> I won't have space. But I want all This is all future cash I've lost. Yeah, um, pretty much. Incredible Hercules. Fantastic Four by Carlos Pacheco. Uh, Fabian Nicieza's Gambit series. I don't like Gambit. I love that series. It's great. Steve Scrooge's art is on it as well, which, oh, Steve Scrooge is awesome. I love him so much. His, his, oh, he did a great Wolverine story, which is only four issues. Mm. And it was fantastic. I just (laughs) love his artwork. I love seeing the excitement in your eyes right now. I've never (laughs) read it, but it seems like you, it's so good. Just the look on your face. Okay. It is. 
<laughs> also, if you do like Steve's Gross, uh, Doc Frankenstein's good fun. That was written by the Wachowskis. Okay. Um, I've got, I think, is it called Doc Frankenstein? I think it is. No, I'm not 100% sure, but that's great. I love it. I love it. Uh, Generation X, at least up as far as the end of the Bacalo Lobdell era. And Spider-Man Big Time, which was mentioned earlier. But otherwise, I'm not that bothered. Oh, and also... (laughs) (laughs) So New Avengers did get a book. Yeah, they never completed it, though. No. Yeah. They need to do that. I think so. Because it makes me debate sometimes getting rid of my my volume. I sold... I had the hardcovers. And they released released the Omniverse. Sold all five hardcovers. No volume to it. Yeah, weird. Oh, I was livid. <laughs> well, the good news is this episode may be wrapping up, but we're going to do a part two for DC Omnibus. Uh-huh. You let me know when you want to record that. We could do it as soon as you want. You tell me. If you want to do it next week, we can do it next week. I'll check the schedule. Okay. All right. Let's, uh, let's make a plan. Next episode, part two. Most wanted DC omnibus. Deal. Thank you, good sir. This is always Thank a ton you. of fun. It's I hope you feel fun, better. Um, I hope you don't get no injuries on any other teeth. And <laughs> watch the jokes. Watch the jokes you make. I will. No, I never do. <laughs> it's more fun that way. Why don't you uh, plug away your um, your different uh, social media places people can follow you. <laughs> I'm going to shake up this week and just promote the Patreon. So I've, I've launched a Patreon page. Um, I've got I've got my first follow-up Patreon this week. Awesome. So yeah, we're just picking up. I am starting. I'm I'm still assembling it and um, and building it. But um, yeah, if you wanted to, if you if you like this, um, the Marvel Comics Guide webpage, uh, the website then feel free to support and keep it going uh, through the Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Marvel Comics Guide. If you've never seen the Marvel Comics Guide, you can find links to the website there. Um, it's basically two things. It's, it's character chronologies, all the all the character appearances in chronological order. I'm working my way through all these characters. It takes a long time, so I do about one character reading order a week, and I do an event a week, and it could be a massive event, like a huge crossover or it could be some stories that relate better when you read them all together. Um, so there's a nice variety in there. So go, go have a look. It's a great page. It's so complete. It's really Thank good. You. Hopefully Thank I'll you. finish it before I die. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dave, so much. This is always so much fun. Hope everyone enjoyed listening. Rate and review the show Cave of Solitude. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Music. Email us at caveofsolitude at outlook.com. Stay tuned for more top fives with my pal from the Marvel Comics Guide, Dave Molyneux. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>